Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I am your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we'll meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, and ways to relax and even heal under the weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who in this time of crisis are offering their hearts and talents to us all. And today we're very fortunate to have as our guest, Susan Grief, who is an ancestral trauma and relationship expert. Welcome, Susan. Hi, thank you. Thank you, Tom, for having me. I'm glad you're here. And I guess I, I need to ask it. I think it's a wonderful name, Ancestral Trauma. <laughs> I, talk to us. I, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what that means, but talk some more about what that is and how you came about to be calling it this. So Ancestral Trauma is the intergenerational PTSD. So we've, right. um, we used to believe that our DNA was set and you know, we were born and then we have our blueprint and it cannot be changed. But we've come to learn about epigenetics, which is the study of how, how our, our genes can actually um, change a little bit, you know, our genome. And it, we, right. we are affected by our environment. So if we're in a long-term hostile environment, our bodies learn to adapt. And in order to do so, you're in constant stress mode. So your body adapts to the ability to um, outstand this, this stress and the hostility around us in our environment. Or, you know, there are, there are receptors under our skin now, which teaches our brain how to protect ourselves from our environment. And with that, the heredity gene now is passed on to the next generation. So we talk about, is so it- So that ancestral trauma comes down. Yeah, so yeah, so, so it comes down, down through the generations. Generation, right, yeah. so, uh, you know, as a child of Holocaust survivors, you know, whatever my parents had, um, their trauma has passed and passed down genetically as, you know, and there's also, you know, there is the post-traumatic slave syndrome, which is also passed down ancestrally. In all these areas, everywhere, we all have our ancestral traumas, our cultural, you know, we have to challenge our cultural questions and so forth. But when we talk about, are we, is it nature or nurture? We've come to learn that we are, uh, we are molded, let's molded, let's just say, um, by our nature. So even though the genome has passed through the through our, our DNA, it's also the way we were nurtured. So if our parents had their own trauma, they taught us to live within their traumas and learned the survival techniques and how to deal with it. So um, right. yeah, I, I, I relate to that. I relate to that very much because I think my father's trauma was the depression. He graduated from Yale Music School in 1931, and there were no jobs for music students. And he right. consequently, as one example, wouldn't buy his co-op, his, his apartment on Park Avenue, when it turned co-op, he wouldn't buy it because of his experience with the depression. Yeah. So that was his trauma. And while he, in, in his nurturing, he told me about, you gotta save money and so forth. I was adopted, so I don't think I got his genes, okay. per se. But who knows? I can't. I don't know what genes I did get. So. Right, right. I mean, people have addictive genes, right? They, they, how they deal with their, you know, their, the gene. Uh, let's say if somebody is also 
there's domestic violence, let's just say, I mean, that culture is passed down to the next generation, right? How do they survive domestic violence right. and or addictions or whatever? And like, it's funny how the next generation has the same addictions. Same um, addiction, yes. Right. What about now? What's happening now? I mean, this overall effect of the shutdown of the virus, of the politics, of everything that's going on, is, is triggering everybody, as far as I can tell, to be anxious. But is it also triggering some past stuff for us, many of us? Of course, of course. I mean, people who, like, you know, like you said, your your father was in the depression. All of a sudden, like, you learned their survival skills of, okay, let's not spend so much right now. You never know. Right. You know, uh, for me, I'm a child of Holocaust survivors. I'm going to, you know, pay attention more to, you know, the fear of, of anti-Semitism, let's just say. Uh, you have Black Lives Matter, you know, again, this whole injustice is happening to them. So this brings up a lot of past traumas that were never resolved. Right. So, right. you know, but we are more knowledgeable now. So we are understand epigenetics now. We understand the nurturing. There's more psychologists out there. There's more influencers out there. There's more people who are teaching us to be calm. Because remember, when we're in a, in a hostile environment, it changes our genotype. But so does being in a calm environment. So, right. you know, this, you know, if, you know, I'd love to say I, in the beginning of this whole epidemic, epidemic I was home I was grateful to be with my grown children back home with me you know it was it was safe for me to be home with my family right. I didn't have to worry about being an essential worker I didn't have to worry about you know uh, my my neighborhood was you know it was an educated neighborhood everybody understood about you know social distancing and so forth and was very respectful so in my life I felt very privileged but not for everybody else no you know well, now, how do you deal with this? You said you mentioned something that you wrote for me that you have a unique multidisciplinary approach. Can you talk right. a little bit about that? What is that like? So for me, you know, when I work with my clients, uh, there I use several tools. Um, a lot of it has to do with drawing, right? It is a release of energy, um, expressive feelings that I can't maybe express myself to others, you know? Um, there is... There is the writing, right? There is the writing aspect, um, just regurgitating on paper. There's release of thoughts. Uh, there is um, meditation and breathing. Uh, there's chakra work. But most important is all about getting grounded, going for walks. Like I said, meditation, journaling. All of these are very grounding. Um, and to choose to find happiness to yes, choose yes. to find you know put yourself in an environment that's more calming like you know for those people who are watching the news 24 7 it's not very calm don't do that yes <laughs> well also that's that's the um and it's a wonderful premise which is to look at what you have gratitude for and try to not watch all the things that are negative that you feel are bad that are happening but to focus right. on detox the negative absolutely yes absolutely. now what talk to me a second about grounding though because i absolutely agree with you i make a point you know of going out every day unless it's you know pouring rain or something uh make sure that i take a walk it doesn't matter how long really but i really feel better once i've done that how does that 
how that really sounds grounded. I'm, I'm on the ground. Yeah, well, that's what it is about getting down, getting down. You know, your, um, if your audience knows anything about the chakras, you know, uh, right. the chakras is the, the energy wheels within the body. And of course, that's if we talk about grounding, we're talking about the root chakra, the bottommost part of our of the energy circles. Now, gro- grounding has a lot of meaning to it, right? Grounding, if you're flying, like imagine yourself in a storm being in a whirlwind, you right. know, you can't get grounded. You can't put your feet on the ground. Um, grounding is also about your root chakra, putting roots in where you are. Because sometimes when you're, you know, when you're flying around, you know, if you're not grounded, you get whipped around and it's not a very safe place to be. So grounding creates security because that's what the root chakra is about, creating security, safe, releasing anxiety. So, so to get grounded, I mean, the best thing you can do is go out for a walk in nature, right? Be close to the ground. Um, Walk barefoot on the grass in your yard if you have it. Uh, Uh, You know, what's interesting is I live in Jersey City now. And this this section of Jersey City is very old and has trees all over each street, very large trees, the roots of which have knocked up the pavement quite a bit. And while it's a little hard to, to walk, it does give you that sense of groundedness that there they are. These trees are really grounded. Right, right. So, you know, you, so I, I, I'm in Englewood, so not too far from you. So it's, uh, right. it's very rich in, in trees and, and energy. And there's so much energy released by the trees. Lots of oxygen is released by these trees that That's we true. need to take in. So to breathe among the trees, I mean, we have this wonderful trail called the Flat Rock Nature Trail in Englewood. And you go through and get grounded. You have the trees and there's this fabulous mass of flat rock by the water, you know, like a little water and a mini waterfall. And I just sit there. Oh, and that's wonderful. So, I want it. So, Send it over here, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> take, take a little drive up to Englewood. Not too far. It's like 20 minutes, I think, from you. But uh, it, it's very calming. So yeah, get sit down. When you meditate, sit down, lie down on the floor, you know, take off your shoes, walk barefoot on the grass if you can, um, you know, and get connected to your roots, not just your, your, your family, get the security that you may not have had. If you need, uh, if find somebody in your past that was endearing to you and, 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 um, and, and inspired you and in your mind, get back to that person to help create security for you. Because if you're not granted, you're not secure, you're anxious. Right. right. So, in your mind, like if you're not sure what to do, like ask, ask yourself, write down in your journal, what do I need to do next? Like, you know, and what's in, what happens is when you're anxious, we, we get lost in this inner critic talk. Right. But if we can learn to shut it down and sometimes it's hard to do, you know, to shut down. So that's why I like, um, you know, writing everything out because you could just like you know regurgitate everything in your mind and then you ask yourself and what happens is when you start getting in tune into the act of meditation of writing if you ask yourself like how to ground yourself what comes up is your inner wisdom so if you shut your inner critic you could actually hear your inner wisdom and we know from inside how to do because we're really good at teaching others what we need to learn but we, (laughs) we choose not to listen to our own wisdom so by doing, by seeing it, by reading, writing, reading what you have written, it is 
a confirmation uh, of taking the abstract thought and making it concrete so you can actually see it. And same thing well, with the art. Also, what I'm getting here is it's in the present. But one of the fearful things about all of this that's going on is to be is suddenly to think about what's going to happen tomorrow or next month or next year. But when you talk about sitting down and writing or lying down and meditating, you're in the moment. You're not in right. the future. Right. I, I don't know if it was Buddha said it, that, you know, if you think about the past, you're depressed, you think about the future, you're anxious, the most calm place to be is in the present. So, right. yeah, because the the... The future is full of unknowns. And if we can't control the unknowns, that creates anxiety for us. And it's challenging because we've just been through or we are going through big changes. A lot of unknowns, a lot of don't know what's happening. How has it affected you? How has the pandemic affected your life and your business? So there's a lot of things going on. So like I said <laughs> earlier on, I, uh, what I said earlier on is the fact that I... Um, at first, it was great because I had my whole family move in with me and like had my grandchildren all moved in the house with me, which was great. Um, I, you know, I set time in the mornings for my business and set time in the afternoon for my family. And uh, it was just for me, I was grateful to have them all with me. Uh, selfishly speaking, I don't know about my kids if they're so happy <laughs> to be right. this all the time, but it was, it was a pleasure for me. Um, you know, and then I had, you know, like I live in the suburbs, so going walking. So I had that exercise, that grounding thing going on. Um, you know, we have Zoom, so I'm able to create relationships. And sometimes it was um, building up my clientele creating online workshops. So you have to get creative. Uh, I started networking with more people you know, nationally and internationally, meeting amazing people, uh, getting asked to do podcasts such as yours. So uh, for me, that was great. And then I think, uh, you know, my husband is also a child survivor. So I guess when the writing began, you know, next door to Manhattan and yes. we drive in and we saw the stores boarded up and so forth. So that was the ancestral fear that came up for my husband and me. Like, okay, that we gotta sense. take, we need to take action. Maybe this isn't such a safe place to be at the moment. Um, you know, my grandchild, my grandchild who is a preschool is on Zoom class and that's not a place for <laughs> at that time, a three-year-old to be on Zoom bouncing off the walls. So, you know, I think we had a family discussion thinking like maybe it'd be a good idea to try to move to Florida for a year to, in case the pandemic comes back, you know, to um, reassess the situation. Because the truth is we need to take action. We need to make shifts in our lives. And I teach my clients, you know, become aware of what's going on in your life. And then take those small steps to make and take actions to make those shifts. Because the truth of the matter is we are living organisms and every living organism, one of the characteristics is adaptation. If we don't adapt, we don't survive, whether physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. So for us to adapt, we needed to say, okay, let's make the change. Let's make the shift because people in Manhattan are going to want to come out to New Jersey, you know, and for us, why don't we go into the sunshine where our grandchildren can play outside, uh, you know, if, if they have to be stuck indoors again. Oh, winter. So, 
for the winter. So we decided, so we, we are right now in Boca Raton, Florida, um, where my grand, my, my two daughters now live, giving it a trial for a year and see where next year brings us because you just never know. You just never know. Yeah, still, it's part of not knowing. So yeah. we're just living, we're going with the flow. <laughs> and, and how about your clients? Have you been able to, that's the wrong word, hold on to, but you're, you're a business person too, and you had an office and people yes. came to see you. How did that change? Right. So a lot of the clients that I had seen in person uh, became online clients or they preferred not to be. And that was fine. You know, I've created more online clients. But then as house got a little busy and we didn't know what we're doing, I stopped taking on more clients. I took a break um, and making more podcasts so that I could inspire more people without feeling... um, you know, I, I think a lot of people felt very disconnected and uncomfortable and they would have to like, I can't do it this week. I can't do it next week. So for me, I needed continuity for me and for them. Absolutely. And if that wasn't happening, I said, you know what? I can only work with people who are willing to work, who are willing to make the change. And as much as I offer a lot of free workshops as well online, as well as my own workshops, um, I also needed to, uh, I also needed to receive, like it's all about the heart chakra, right? You, you, you can't just always give, you need to receive right. the heart is what does the heart do? The heart gives and it receives. And in order to be in balance, I needed to feel that not only am I giving, but I'm receiving, I'm receiving the reward of them willing to work through the process with me. And if they weren't willing, and that's okay, because right now there's so much going on for me. I'm happier to, uh, at the moment, <laughs> not in the future, at the moment to um, just have my, the few clients that I have at the moment. I kind of like, you know, I do workshops, I, I but as far as individuals, I slowed down on them like the past two, three months for, right. because I had, was going through my own shifting, so. Yes, we are all. And in fact, that's why I'm doing this podcast. I stopped. I did six years of a podcast, which you were ha- I was happy to have you on one of the earlier years that I did. Um, but I stopped after yes. six years and we moved and all that. But when this all hit, I said, I've got to do something for me. While I hope this is good for you and I hope the audience finds something useful in this, it's doing, I'm doing it for me to have contact, to right. be with people who are doing right. things like you're doing to help other people gives me hope yeah. like there's we're not yeah. all alone out here so right and I think more people have conversations the more people can realize they're not alone and the more we feel isolated it's the more we need to be with people so yes. you know and that's the thing is when you think you want to be alone that's really not that's the time you need to be with others and whether it's to be held accountable somebody to help you out and, and you know people are afraid to ask for help because they find it's a flaw in themselves that they need help, but it's not. It's just, it's very healthy, uh, physically, emotionally to ask for help. Absolutely. And it's, and you get help. That's how you get help by asking for help. help. Absolutely. I was thinking you're doing podcasts. Have you shaped any of them to talk about the idea that this pandemic may trigger things from the past? such as, you know, your experience with your Holocaust survivor parents. I think something like that could be very useful for people who are out there not knowing what the heck's going on to me. I I know what's happening out there, but why am I having this kind of response? Right, right. Well, I had actually, I had a wonderful conversation with actually um, 
during the whole Black Lives Matter situation. And really for the first time in my life, I've been watching more Insta, Insta stories of stories of women of color and, right. and what they go through and what they're saying and their fears. And it just hit me. It's like, I get them. You know, I understand. Because, and, the, and so I said, I need to educate myself. I need to understand the story. Like people need to understand me and why I react in a certain way. And we have to learn how, why people react in a certain way as well. And that's the problem. I don't think people are willing to listen to each other to why we react, right? Because, you know, we, we react in a certain way. So I had a conversation. I think the thing that, you know, they taught me so much because I was willing to listen and learn, understand why I am privileged. Uh, because I did not know, I was asked to watch a certain, um, you know, documentary to understand. And I sat there, I said, you know, we have the same fears, we have the same anxieties, we have the same, you know, reactions uh, of from different areas in our lives, uh, because these were not resolved. So for them, it, I think what it is, we need to learn to be open to learn, to ask, and to educate. Because when we understand how why people act a certain way, we don't take it personally. I right. think that's the issue. Um, you know, I do a talk with this other woman. She's a daughter of German World War II survivors. And it was so interesting because when I told her I was a daughter of Holocaust survivor, she had a fear of telling me she was German. Yes. Because there's still so much shame and guilt that she felt about being that. And she was afraid how I might react, that I might yell at her, you know, because, you know, right. I may take it out on her. And it was a really eye-opening experience. And I think she and I discussed that we have the same, you know, intergenerational PTSD, you know, same, uh, you know, ancestral trauma and we, our reaction to it until we started having conversations and learning. And I think she and I are now giving talks on, about how to challenge your cultural belief, what our parents taught us. Right, wonderful. And to go beyond, I mean, I can't blame her for what her parents and grandparents did to my parents and grandparents. Like it's about educating ourselves and making that change, opening up the dialogue, making a bridge between two different cultures, because unless we're willing to learn or educate, we're never going to accept it. So that's, I think to have wonderful. dialogue is most important. That's very wonderful. And are, are you sharing this with others? You said you're giving speeches or you're giving... Well, we were giving live talks. Uh, you know, live. we had... You know, we had taken it off our plate because of, you know, she also moved, she moved back to Germany right now, um, you know, during this pandemic, that was how she needed to deal. She needed to go home to her roots. Right, know? right, So, right. Um, you know, because you never know. So we have our own fears, but we just, we... Well, yeah, well, maybe in the future... Talk to these survivors. Yeah, maybe in the future when things are hopefully better, she and you can do this on some kind of Zoom or some kind of basis, because I think it's very vital to see the two of you, you know, grandchildren of, talking about how you may, how you make peace with each other and therefore how we can all make peace with everybody. After this right. election is over, we're going to have to make peace on some level with you know all of us. I don't know how we'll do that quite yet, but we'll see. We'll see. 
Yeah. Which brings me yeah. to the next and almost last question. And before I, I, we're coming close to the end. So before I forget, if people who are listening to us would like to get in touch with you to learn more about what you do or just what they could do to help themselves, how's the best way for them to reach you? Um, they can first check out my website at artmenshearts.com, A-R-T. M-E-N-D-S. Wait, stop a second. A-R-T, no S. A-R-T. Art, A-R-T. Men's. M-E-N-D-S. Yes. Hearts, H-E-A-R-T-S dot com. Hearts dot com. Dot com? Dot com. I'll say that one more time. Or they can, or they can email me. Yes. I'm sorry, I don't hear you. That's okay. Email. Okay. Email me at artmenshearts at gmail.com. Okay. Let me just ask one more question because something broke up. Art on, the arts men's, on the artsmenshearts, heart, is it dot com? Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Dot com. Yes. Dot com. Yes. Excellent. Well, that'll, that'll be here. And also we'll write it in the description so people will have it. And so I guess my final question, and you've given some of the indication of what you feel about this already, is what is your vision for the future for yourself and for all of us who are going through this? What do you see coming? My mission is based on the Jewish concept of tikkun olam, which suggests that we need to repair the world. And that for me is to do it one person at a time. In order to do that, we need to learn to have a better relationship with ourselves. We need to become aware of ourselves, make the shifts in our lives to be a better version of ourselves. And once we have that better relationship with ourselves, we can have better relationships with others. And hopefully doing that, that will have an impact on our world. One person at a time so, is what you're saying just one person's time just like you know like they say if you're feeling overwhelmed just take it one step at a time that's all you know and uh that's all you have to do and uh you know i just hope that each person will learn become to become more loving to choose happiness kindness and be more empathic and that might and then the world would be a better place if all of us could be that we that would be a much i agree a much better place and you will be somewhere in a year, whether you'll be in Florida or back in the <laughs> East, we don't know yet. Back in snow country, yeah, maybe, no. who knows, who knows. But Susan, thank <laughs> you so much know. for being here with us today. Uh, it was great to have you as a guest and being on the Heart of Healing, the COVID, the, excuse me, the Heart of Healing, a pandemic episodes. Thank you. And thank the audience, everyone who's listening to these for being our, our listeners. Thank you all. Take good care now. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.